Welcome to the Vegan Society's podcast, The Vegan Pod. I'm Rachel New and I'm thrilled to be hosting as a guest for this episode where we're asking, is a plant-based diet really enough to fuel a vegan athlete? While awareness of compassionate and sustainable diets is booming, there's still some scepticism around the nutritional power of vegan food alternatives. So as England prepares to host the Commonwealth Games, we decided what better time to tackle these outdated stereotypes of weak and unhealthy vegans by chatting all things diet and fitness with vegan athlete Lisa Gothorn. And also joining us on this episode is Midlands-based boxer Jamal Ledoux to talk about the inspiration behind his plant power. Our journey. Welcome both of you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah. So a, a basic question, which I feel always needs to be the first question. Uh, when did you go vegan, Lisa? I went vegan in 2003. So next year will be my 20th uh, vegan anniversary. Uh, but I've been vegetarian since I was six years old. Um, so quite a while, to be honest. And, and how about you, Jamal? So 2019, not as long as Lisa, um, January 2019. So I've been vegan for about three and a half years. I'm, I'm 2016, January 2016. So we're sort of spanning a little, a little, <laughs> uh, a little time, uh, time thing there. And, and why did you go vegan to start with, Lisa? I mean, obviously you were vegetarian already. I, like you, I was vegetarian from a child, really, and I brought my kids up vegetarian. It feels like quite, quite an easy step. But what, what made you take that kind of leap? Um, I think, well, animals have always been a massive part of my life and I've always been kind of a bit of an animal activist on the sidelines. And to be honest, I always wanted to go vegan and it was always my intention to do so. Um, but obviously it was just about waiting for that time where I, there was enough food on the market and obviously go back to 2000 and uh, when was it? 2003. Um, it was quite tough to try and find anything that was even remotely um, vegan. Um, so so, you know, I kind of lived through those days of, of being kind of surviving on cornflakes and pasta um, in those early days and soy milk, because that's all it was. But it was always my intention to go vegan purely because animals mean the world to me and anything that I can do to limit my involvement with them or reliance on them is very important. And Jamal, what made you take that step? Were you vegetarian before or did you go kind of cold turkey? I realised, by the way, all the expressions that people use in life, like chicken and egg, cold turkey, they all involve <laughs> animals. I feel like we need to reclaim them in a, in a positive way. There should be more animal expressions, but without the, the eating of them. But so, so what about you, Jamal? Yeah, I'd say mine was a gradual process. I think um, subconsciously, uh, the seed was planted throughout like me changing my diet through boxing and then uh, the more and more I did that I sort of it was like I was reducing what I was eating in terms of animal products and um, I started not eating red meats and only eating chicken and fish and stuff like that uh, and then I was looking into mindfulness on YouTube videos and um, they would always mention stuff about veganism so it's always in the back of my mind and then January, um, New Year's re resolution in 2019, I watched Cow's Spiracy. So um, as soon as I watched that, instantly, I just made the change because um, the environmental impacts that I saw through that documentary, I never I never knew I wasn't aware of it. So, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Those little tipping points that can come along. I remember watching Forks Over Knives and being like, whoa, uh, my daughter had gone vegan and she'd been kind of badgering me. And I was like, all right, I'll stop dairy for a month. And she's like, 
that's nothing a month you know you won't even notice the difference but you know what I really noticed the difference I felt so much better it took me a while to give up eggs um because I suppose I didn't intend to go vegan for a minute I was just a vegetarian to stop dairy so I was always there and then it just kind of um happened but it's it, it, it's interesting that like you say doing the kind of mindfulness stuff and it's interesting once you start to really think about your body and what you're putting in it and the impact of that on your mind as well and think about it holistically it does feel like a kind of natural step doesn't it so I suppose it's part of the kind of clean eating so so you are both um you know physically very fit you know you're you're athletes you're you're top of your game um and so people will I mean people say anyway you know where'd you get your protein um which obviously is a big old vegan joke but I feel like I'm gonna have to ask you where you get your protein <laughs> because because people are gonna want it to know because it, it can be difficult to get enough protein can't it I mean it can it, it, it isn't difficult but you can easily look back at a week of eating and go well I got up and I had a bowl of cornflakes and uh, you know with oat milk say which obviously isn't you know incredibly and then I had you know um um marmite on toast because I was in a hurry and that you know and so you can look at your day and go well, do you know what actually I didn't eat very much protein and I worry about that all the time and you know constantly just secreting you know lentils and beans into everything I eat but but so I'm interested to know Lisa you know when you think about protein and that is important for an athlete and I'm presuming you're going to say it's very important to get that amount of protein what's your kind of go-to easy way to make sure you've got enough in your diet yeah, well, I agree with you. First of all, it is important. Um, particularly, I would say its importance is, is very much emphasised when you're doing a hard training session because you want to recover quickly from it and you want to make sure that the muscles are recovering. So I always kind of eat carb high before a training session and then eat protein high um, after a training session to, to help that uh, recovery process. My go-to uh, protein sources are tofu. I absolutely love it and I have it with everything. It's so versatile. Um, so I will just get marinated tofu and I'll throw it into soups, stews, salads, etc. Um, and I always try and make sure as well that my protein sources are mixed, mixing them up with beans and legumes and pulses and things like that. Um, a couple of handful of nuts throughout the day and before you know it you've hit easy 100 grams of protein um, I think people can fall into the trap of becoming fixated on it and thinking I've got to have loads and loads and loads um, and there's lots of schools of thought on that personally I don't think you need to go completely overboard on it my grammage intake would be anywhere between 70 and 110 grams uh, per day depends on the type of day and the type of training that I'm doing um, but I, I think that there's so many versatile products out there now to tan a great one as well we actually do some homemade tatan um, and then we put that in the fridge and basically just chop bits off like it's a loaf um, and have that with various things throughout the week and that's 70 percent protein um satan so it's a great option for people out there as well yeah we love uh, we like to make uh, satan sausages and then put them in the freezer and then yeah. slice them off like kind of you know salami and just throw that into yeah. into a dish it is it does take a bit of you know you have to kind of get in the mindset and the habits a bit like making your own bread you kind of yeah. got to be like you got to be like right I make bread or you know I make satan I'm gonna have to get on with it I'm gonna have to adopt it and what about you Jamal yeah I'm glad Lisa went first because um, she's absolutely covered everything honestly um I just echo what she said um legumes I'm always having chickpeas lentils uh, I have a protein shake if you make sure you get a, a good quality one, especially as athletes. So I have one called Raw Sport. It's got all natural ingredients in and stuff like that. 
And um, yeah, I, f- I also think it's a little bit of a myth, like people just ram protein down your face, like you need it, you need it. I think as long as you're eating a balanced diet and you get enough calories, then there's a protein and, and a lot of things. So it, it all adds up. And particularly for you, Jamal, I will talk to you both both about the, um, uh, I suppose, difficulties you might face within your um, disciplines of, you know, outside thoughts of people going, what, you're vegan? You know, you can't do that. But particularly you, Jamal, because obviously it's a very, it's very kind of male, um, you know, dominated area. And I think, um, you know, as especially if you, a lot of the vegan documentaries you watch, you know, there's, there's so much like meat is, you know, the myth is that meat is manly, you know, and eating meat is manly. And then to be a boxer who doesn't eat meat, how, what kind of, um, what kind of attitudes have you found? I mean, I'm hoping you haven't actually faced outright, you know, negativity, but what kind of like mm, attitudes have you faced? In my last fight, I had like vegan on my shorts, like printed right I saw on, that. bang on the front. I saw that. Cool. Yes. Cool shorts, man. I might get some <laughs> yeah. pants for that on. And then, <laughs> I had like people messaging me saying, oh, like before the build up, build up of the fight, before the fight, they were saying you've not got enough minerals, call me a vegan seaweed and all this, <laughs> saying, hey, what, where, where, where do you get your protein? You all you eat is grass, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, if anything goes wrong, then it's to do with my veganism. So if I lose, it's to do with my uh, being vegan. If I don't know, I get injured, it's to do with me being vegan. If I'm ill, it's to do with me being vegan. But then when I did turn vegan, I ended up um, getting four KOs in a row. And no one wants to say, oh, well, is that to do with me turning vegan? Yeah. That's a conflicting thought as well. I don't like to think of vegans knocking people out. Jamal, what are you doing? <laughs> Going around knocking people out, giving us a bad name. Um, but no, well done. But, you know, that's interesting, isn't it? That, yeah, it's always go to the negative. It's very difficult. You know, we've, we, there are some high profile um, vegan athletes now, you know, very high profile at the top of their game. And yet we still, we, people's impression still is, yeah, but, you know, they're lucky or that, you know, there must be something else. It must be because they were strong before they were vegan or, you know, it, it can be difficult. What about you, Lisa? Because, I mean, you've been a vegan for a long time. So I'm guessing you've gone into this, you know, as a vegan, as opposed to becoming vegan during your kind of athletic journey. Yeah, absolutely. But I still, sadly, we still live in a world where um, it's funny, I can completely um, sympathise with some of those things that Jamal's just been saying, because I have the same same process. If I come third in a race, people will say, oh, well, meat eaters must have been first and second. Um, you know, there is an element, albeit that is a minority. What I will say is I've found that particularly as the the documentary world has exploded over the last few years and we've seen a lot more coverage, the likes of the game changers has has made a massive impact on the industry. And I think it's been given a lot more kind of importance and significance now, and and particularly in the athletic arena. um, People are more sort of, you know what, they're intrigued now, as opposed to in the past, it was always kind of almost thinking negative first. And there's a lot of intriguement with regards to, well, do you know what? I actually want to learn about this because it's not just good for the environment, it's not just good for the animals, but it's actually good for my personal health. So I have lived through some of those um, negative kind of vibes, but what I would always say is, and even to this day, they're still there, but they are a massive minority with, with regards to, for every one comment I get like that, there's a thousand great comments, so it just kind of pales into significance. And I've always said to people, if you ever come across anything like that, use it as fuel and use it as power. To, to kind of show people what you can do because people hate it when you succeed. <laughs> so I think that that's something that I've always t- tended to kind of use. And then 
haters are always going to hate, but you just keep on succeeding and it just makes me even mother. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, if it is a growing, uh, uh, I don't like to say the word trend, movement. It's a growing movement. And the, the great thing about veganism, I think, is that, you know, you just touched on it there, Lisa, is that there's all these different angles that people come at it from. So some people come at it purely for the animals. Um, some people come at it purely from a health point of view. And some people come at it purely from an environmental point of view. I come at it from all those points of view. I think I, to begin with, I was thinking it'd be better for my health. But then when you start kind of looking into it, you're like, sorry why are we why are we still eating animals like just we don't it's like seems so outdated you know there are lots of things we used to do uh, that we don't do anymore you know because we are uh, you know beyond that like you know there's lots of things we don't do we don't hang draw and quarter people anymore so why should we eat animals you know it seems seems a bit crazy um but I, but it is good that you come at it from lots of different angles so i think people come to veganism maybe thinking just about their health or um just about the environment and then obviously all the things kind of dovetail in really nicely once once you start doing it and and veganuary is very powerful as well so you started in january didn't you jamal i yeah. was it was it a veganuary thing that got you um, going because i mean it's really helpful because all the restaurants do great offers like i love veganuary everyone's yeah. trying to diet after christmas and i'm like no two for one <laughs> vegan offers i'm going for it yeah, it is awesome. I love Veganuary as well. But no, I didn't even know about Veganuary at the time. Um, so yeah, as I say, it was like a New Year's resolution. So I was, uh, as you do after Christmas, you plan to eat very healthy, go strict and, and whatnot. So uh, I already had made um, pre-made meals and they had like chicken and fish in. And then I ended up watching Cowspiracy. And then I said, there's no way I'm carrying on eating meat. So what I ended up doing is like giving my mum all these prep meals and then changing them. Uh, yeah that's good that's that's like pouring yourself a beer and then going ah oh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna drink I'll, I'll give it to somebody else yeah. <laughs> that's that's strong I like it um so I mean Veganuary is doing really well Veganuary in 2022 36 percent of people intended to stay on a vegan diet 83 percent of people wanted to reduce animal products by half uh, the number one pe pe reason that people wanted to stay vegan is because they learned more about veganism followed by it was easier than expected and I think easier than expected is a really important thing because people say to me all the time so first of all there's where do you get your protein and then there is what do you eat <laughs> which is like everything that isn't from an animal think of all the foods there are everything that isn't from an animal but I think that people do think it's going to be hard even with the increased products there are on the market why do you think people think it's so hard I think people are potentially still locked into that old belief that was knocking around many years ago that there wasn't a lot of products and there wasn't a lot of, you know, products that were available. Whereas obviously fast forward to now, I think there was a, a stat I read last year because I'm obviously involved in a vegan business that there was a 700% increase in products that were launched on the market with the word vegan in them, um, which is fantastic to say. But I do think that there are a lot of people that are locked into that old school way because they only shop in sets niles in the market they've not perhaps come across the category or if they do see the category it's kind of out the corner of their eye and they don't actually look at how much products and how much availability and how much range and resources are there so i think it's just really a historic thing but i do think we are 
getting over that now because you know you can't pick up a newspaper or a magazine or pick up your phone without seeing some kind of new product launch whether it's new ben and jerry's ice cream that's vegan etc so i think that it's great that some of those top brands in the world um, have been innovating in products and that will only help move those thoughts thought processes forward into the future yeah and i also think just to add on that that people don't like the thought of change um i feel like that the idea of turning vegan in their head is much bigger than what it actually is and uh, they feel like they're missing out on something um and what they don't realize when you actually make the step it's a beautiful thing and um food is still just as nice if not nicer i believe anyway and uh, it's nowhere near as bad as what they probably think in their head to make the change i think that's a really good point i think um actually when i went vegan what i found was because I was thinking I need to think differently about how I eat because I can't just take dairy out of my diet. I've got to replace it with something. I've got to make sure I'm eating well. Suddenly there's this whole wealth of food opened up to you that you probably weren't eating. And I can remember just absolutely caning avocados and peanut butter like it was going out of fashion and thinking, oh, I've always thought these things are really fattening. I always had them in like low quantities. And like my first six months of being vegan, I lost like 10 pounds whilst absolutely chowing down the avocados and peanut butter. And I was like, you know, I would never have thought to do that, really. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of stereotypes around food, aren't there? Like what's good for you, what isn't good for you and what you need to be strong, you know, what you need to be an athlete. How do you think we can um, sort of break down? I mean, obviously, you two are, are brilliant emblems of of, you know, how you can be strong as a vegan and how you can be the top of your game. But how else do you think we can um, try to. I suppose, demonstrate or influence people um, towards veganism, especially away from the stereotype that you'll be weak, that you just won't have the power. I think um, just it, we need more leaders, more activists. We need people leading by example, athletes like Lisa herself. When I made a song, Go Vegan, I've had many people comment to me saying that that, that made them turn vegan. And it's just planting that seed. Like in my head, I got the seed planted and eventually I went vegan. Yeah, I think it's going to happen, but obviously we want it to happen as, as soon as possible, that, that change, and it is breaking the cycle and starting with the young, the youth. So I, look, I work with a lot of young people. I work in the community as a, a sports coach. So um, they're always asking me questions when, when they see my social media and it's got veganism on my shorts and blah, blah, blah. So I'm always trying to plant the seed in their head. And um, yeah, that, that's what I think from my perspective. Yeah, I echo that, and that, that is quite interesting. And, you know, I've got a story myself. My When I met my boyfriend, he was a meat eater, and I, I kind of struggled with it because I've never had any meat cooked in my house or anything like that. So he was really, really sympathetic when I first met him, and I said, look, no meat coming in the house, blah, blah, blah. So if he ever had meat, it had to be out in a restaurant or he had to cook it at work, etc. And actually, he went vegan three and a half years ago after seeing um, the game changes. So I do think we're living in that time now of, um, as Jamal said, more and more people are coming forward, more and more leaders and activists. And we've got a lot of absolute top level um, athletes now in their game that are coming out. Morgan Mitchell, we've got Lewis Hamilton. Um, I think uh, Serena Williams has been talking about it recently as well. Um, and I think the more high profile people are talking about it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be 
uh, an athlete, you know, it can sometimes just be celebrities that have a lot of good followers um, that, that might be into health and fitness as well. Um, I think all of that, along with the explosion of documentaries and the, the kind of increasing sharing on social media, it's all helping. And, you know, Jamal is right. We want it to happen overnight. We would love it if everything happens and everything went vegan overnight. But, you know, you have to have quite a realistic uh, mindset on this. It will be a slow burn, but it's definitely, definitely happening at a much faster rate than I've ever known. Um, I mean, I remember going out, you know, years ago and, and being the only vegan in the village. <laughs> and now, you know, it's great because I can go out on a night out and I know there'll be two or three other people that are eating vegan either because they are vegan or because they are doing more vegan eating in their diet. So um, it's definitely happening. And I think that as we progress into the future, particularly with regards to the pressures on uh, the climate and climate change being in the news so much, I think we're going to see that intensify at a, quite a rapid speed. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting you say that if you're going out in a group or whatever and you're not the only vegan. I I go to quite a lot of events and stuff, and if I find out that someone else is vegan on the dietary, I always squeal. Oh, it's another vegan! And like, and if there's four, I'm like, oh, there's four vegans! I'm so excited <laughs> as I can't help myself. But you're right; it used to be you'd be absolutely the only one, and uh, and now there's a few more, which is nice. So staying with the kind of health and fitness, and obviously you two are, you know, next level when it comes to health and fitness, because you, you know, you, you, you do it for your job. Um, I, I also make a podcast about menopause, and I am very aware that for women as you get older, well, for everyone as you get older, but especially for women as you get older, your muscle mass is just like saying, ta-da, you know, just walking out the door every minute. And um uh, in my in my podcast about menopause and I've spoken to people about diet and menopause and everyone's like oh you know you can't you, you shouldn't eat a vegan diet while you're going through your menopause you know again back to that whole thing you, you know you won't get enough protein and I'm interested to know from you guys about your so if someone's listening to this now and maybe they go to the gym or they run a bit or you know they're just the kind of average level of of fitness but they want to they're interested in veganism or they already are vegan but they want to get the best out of their food for their body and for their training and to help build you know that just that, that kind of right I mean I'm finding more and more out about muscle and how important it is it's like you know how it just helps you your body keep going you know it's doing other things other than looking good or helping you lift things up um what would you say would be a good kind of you know sort of daily or weekly kind of meal plan if people are thinking about you know working out and maybe sort of taking that onto the next level in a vegan diet so when i started off i felt like i had to prep first with my meals because uh, i didn't have a clue what i was doing i was i was lucky enough that my partner she had been vegan before and then we decided she decided to go vegan again when when I did. So I had her help. And um, yeah, just by prepping your meals. And what I'd say is usually if they if they had prepped meals before, so it, it, like not to think about it too hard and just basically whatever they had is their meat products. So if it is, say if it's a, a chicken curry, they'll just swap literally do the do the curry, but swap the chicken for for like say chickpeas or lentil and then instead of getting yogurt or whatever they might put into the curry, change it for an alternative yogurt. And um, I'd say rather than em emphasizing on, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, I'd, I'd say take it one meal at a time, whereas this meal, this next meal that I'm going to do, I'm going to decide to make it vegan. And then the one after that, I'm going to decide to make it vegan and then go, go from step by step. Because what I think happens when people think, oh, I need to turn vegan, I need to make sure every meal is vegan. Too much 
emphasis is on that and then it just explodes the mind and then before you know it they give up and just think it's too hard so if that answers yeah. your question prep yeah, is the key I... then for you jamal yeah for me yeah starting off and then it gets easier so now i feel like it's ingrained within me within the first month i did find myself always checking ingredients i was in the supermarket for for a while in there i was researching what to eat what i can replace for my meat products, for my dairy products, et cetera, et cetera. And then, but now I don't even need to check ingredients. I just, I just know instantly. And I, yeah, it's just habits, I suppose. And yeah, that was I, that. I, on, I think um, it's very, very important. I think a lot of people get, um, they get in a panicky state because they think that they've got to know it all on day one. And actually, you know, even 20 years in, I'm still learning. I'm, there's always new things to, to, to have a look at. And yeah, I'm like Jamal. I know now the certain products that I can just go to and I don't even have to look at the back of the pack. They're straight in the basket because they've been a part, part of my purchasing repertoire for such a long time. Um, but what I would say to people, first of all, I would say take your time in finding your favourites. Because let's be honest, as with any part of the market, there are some dire products out there and there are some amazing products out there. And what I also, I get frustrated by when people come to me and they say, well, I tried to go vegan, but I tried this, that and the other, and it just was awful and I couldn't get on with it. It's because they've had a bad taste experience with a certain product. Perhaps they've not cooked it right, or perhaps they've just literally been unfortunate in picking a product that isn't great with certain foods. So I would say take some time to find your favourites not going to like everything but that's just the same as any diet and any lifestyle you know you can't particularly like everything so find your favorites get your favorites into your diet and then over time get to know the swaps you know you can swap out honey for agave you can swap whole park whole park for jackfruit you can swap meat for tofu and satan etc and you can it's like an easy swaps kind of guide really that you just start to think about in your head but if you are doing a lot of health and fitness, what I always say to people is try not to be overly strict. Like maybe maybe try a five-two regime where five days in the week you, you eat quite functionally and you say to yourself, right, if a hard training session, I'll go higher on the carbs. And then after the training session, I'll go higher on the protein. And think about the food that you're eating. What's it actually doing for your body? Is it giving you antioxidants? Is it helping your recovery? Is it giving you energy, et cetera? When you start to think about food on more of a functional basis it helps you particularly if you are fitness and health and kind of sport orientated um, and then you can relax it a little bit at the weekend and you can go and have your vegan pizzas your vegan cookies your vegan cakes and all the wonderful things that are out there but um yeah i think obviously there's a lot of vegan junk food out there now and i think it's brilliant that we've got that um that choice but you know just be careful with regards to limiting that because obviously if you just eat vegan junk food and nothing else you're not going to be getting the best out of your body with regards to performance it's a really good point isn't it i mean there's always that sort of debate when someone like mcdonald's brings out a vegan meal and and there's there's always a sort of great deal of ethical debate around something like that anyway but then there's also that debate of well you know you shouldn't be eating that kind of food but having it as a treat or even just as a convenience I mean this day in these days if you stop at the motorway services and want something to eat you know that can be quite a battle content you know so yeah. sometimes you have to go to something that you wouldn't necessarily ordinarily eat or you certainly wouldn't choose as an athlete but it's okay to have it if you need to have something to eat or if it's for a treat like you say or maybe if you've got a hangover i don't know if athletes get hangovers do you get hangovers i don't i don't drink i don't so don't you? Uh, yeah i don't it, drink that, either there you go you can tell i'm definitely not an athlete <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that, that's another thing. When I turned vegan, I stopped drinking completely. I didn't drink much anyway, but yeah, completely stopped drinking. That's really interesting. And is and the fact that you drink, Lisa, is that because, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know any athletes, right? You two are literally my only athlete friends. Can I call you my friends? Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks. Um, but is that, is that part of that? Would that be a standard thing for somebody at your level to not drink, Not Lisa? necessarily. Um, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm quite, um, I'm probably a bit of an outlier on this. I've never drunk. Um, I didn't like, when I was growing up, I didn't like watching all my mates get over and, and being sick in the buses on the way home so it can never appeal to me when I was thinking I've got to run 10k in the morning um but I would say probably on the running circuit I would say it's probably 50 50 um and the people that do drink are quite light drinkers and um, they won't be drinking kind of every day maybe just once every once a week or once every other week etc um, but on the subject of drink it is really good now because there's actually vegan wines available and there's vegan beers available so anyone that's listening to this and thinking well what can I actually have um, you can actually go online as, as you can check this out there's actually a website I can't remember the name of it but if you basically google vegan beers or vegan wines it comes up as top of search and it's got thousands and thousands of products in there letting people know what they can um, and can't have um, but it's nice that people have been experimenting and innovating in that, that area because it's some it's a part of the market over the last few years that hasn't really had any love and attention for, from a vegan perspective. Um, but yeah, I would say it's probably 50-50 on the, on the running circuit. I probably ought to start thinking about uh, reducing my drinking now. Now I've got two vegan athlete mates. Um, <laughs> uh, so so interesting. it's interesting chatting to you both that you both, you know, veganism is a very big part of sort of everything that you do. And you're both kind of, um, you know, entrepreneurial and, uh, you know, you have this kind of broad, broad situation. So Jamal, you know, you make music and like you say, you had a track called Go Vegan and, and your veganism is, you know, definitely a part of your music. And Lisa, you you have, you know, this incredible vegan food range, which has just, you know, absolutely taken off and, and you've got a book and everything. You know, tell me a little bit about that. Was there a gap in the market that you saw or did it feel like it was a sort of duty really to, um, to you know, to kind of practice what you preach to the extent of actually creating opportunities for people to be vegan? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. There was definitely, I've always had personal frustrations with regards to the impulse um, sector and snacking and confectionery and things like that. And over the years, uh, you know, I started Bajora Foods with a business partner back in 2011. Um, and back in 2011, vegan confectionery wasn't even around. And it was a, a real big bugbear of, of myself. And I thought, you know what, we've got to be able to fill that gap. And I think it really helps. And I'm sure Jamal feels this way, particularly with regards to the creation of new music. If you're passionate in something, it shows, you can feel it, you can hear it, you can see it, you can taste it, you can touch it. And I think that that passion, whether that's put into writing a new song or launching a new product, um, people can feel it, the audience can feel it, you know, the emotion is there. And there's, there's this kind of element of, genuine kind of trust and belief as well we're not just a business that's dipping our toe in the vegan market because we can see that it's lucrative we've been around before it was trendy 
we started the business when I had people doubting all my friends saying, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to go and start a vegan business? I mean, you know, aren't vegans just tree huggers? Isn't it a small area of the market? And then fast forward to today and we've got all the supermarkets ringing us for our advice, telling us that we're category captains and asking us for what they should do with all their different categories. So it just shows you that if you do believe in something and you're passionate about it, you can actually make that really worthwhile for yourself and for the wider audience. And, uh, and Jamal, with your music, you know, I suppose it echoes a little bit what I was saying about boxing. You know, it could be this environment of image, uh, especially for men, you know, that you have to, well, for men and women, but that men have to be a certain way. And to be, you know, openly singing about being vegan, how, how was that met? I've had some positive feedback and I've also had some negative. Usually the negative is from strangers, but I've also had many strangers that have been very positive. So my Go Vegan one has got the most hits of any song that I've ever made. Um, and a lot of people are saying it's my best song. So I think Lisa's right there where people can tell that a lot of passion has gone into it. I'm talking the truth and it's like, it's 100% me. It's not like an act that I'm putting on where I'm talking about, I don't know, in music, a lot of people just talk about money and fame and the high life and stuff like that. And uh, it's very informative for people. So the, it's, new, it's new to them. A lot of the information that I'm giving them in, in the song they don't know about so it's something new and fresh how easy is that to do when you're in doing so in the music business you're trying to make your way in the music yeah. business it, it's almost like and then I stamped the word vegan on it and people will be like, oh okay you know but but you didn't find that it's positive and you found it's kind of educational being able to sing about being vegan yeah definitely and touching on when you asked Lisa if, if it was a duty or or what I think from me I felt like it was a duty for me to do that to do that song uh, regardless of what people think I feel like it's needed for people to speak up. And like I said earlier about we need to see more leaders and stuff like that. So it was an easy thing for me to do. And I didn't care about the backlash. When I did release the song, so I released it with a music video. And I was a little bit nervous at the start because, as you said, like, what are people going to think? But, yeah, instantly I started getting loads of good feedback, loads of views and stuff like that compared to, what previous uh, stuff I've been making so yeah it was all good and uh, and talking about kind of influencing people and obviously say so you do a lot of youth work and you're kind of slipping those messages in you know with the young people you've also been part of the vegan um, vegan and thriving campaign for the vegan society haven't you yeah, how's sorry. that you know that's putting yourself out there as well you know um, uh, saying here I am and this is what I'm doing how's that been have you have you had much feedback from that as well yeah, I think it gets people just asking questions and just being uh, sort of intrigued into what's going on in my life, how um, veganism, veganism is impacting me and how I'm getting be benefits from it. So usually from the, the campaign, I got loads of people asking me questions, coming onto my Instagram, DMing me. And then, like you said, I go out and work with kids coaching and I always get them asking me questions. They'll, they'll ask me questions and they'll go back to their parents or feed it to the parents and they'll come back to me again and then say, well, my dad said this and, and my mum said that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it is quite quite funny. But yeah, you I think they definitely, like I said, it's, all, it's always about planting that seed. And then when they hear me mentioning stuff and they see stuff from me and then they might go out and see like an advertisement or they might see a documentary or a YouTube video and slowly but surely 
it'll, it'll be in the back of their mind. And then eventually, hopefully that they do turn vegan or they do reduce and become more towards plant-based. And I think that's a really interesting and valuable point as well about reducing and reduction. You know, I think we'd be naive if we thought that we could make the world go vegan overnight and the world isn't even set up for that. You know, it would be it would be a very difficult thing to do. Ultimately, long term, yes, but overnight. But just to get people to reduce is really important. And interesting what you're saying about parents as well. You know, there's a lot of debate around kids and veganism. And, and what you hear people say is, oh, the kids should be able to have the choice you, know, you can't make them go vegan it's like yeah but they should also be able to have the choice not to eat animals <laughs> like, you know it, it cuts both ways so it's interesting I like the sort of this sort of back and forth discussion over a period of time between kids parents and you kind of uh, unpicking that it's, it's very interesting and Lisa I just want to talk to you a little bit about where you are in your athletics journey um, because obviously uh, being a sports person is you know has a sort of finite uh, a sell-by date on it I suppose because you know you, you're gonna get to the point where there's younger fitter people coming up behind you whether you're vegan or not um, you know where where are you now with your athletics just talk to us a little bit about some of your uh, your successes and achievements and, and where you are with it yeah well I'm just I'm literally just back from the world's duathlon championships which were um, last week in Romania um, in, a, in a village called Targamores uh, in the middle of Transylvania of all places um, and um, yeah that was the world championships and to be honest I put in a really hard training block before I went out there um, I'm trained by both a running coach and a bike coach and I'd say out of all the times that I've been training I've never trained as hard um, and I enjoyed it and I went out there and to be honest I was always aiming for top 10 because that's really what I've been doing the last few years of my uh, multi-sport life and I came back with a bronze medal um, in the world championships which I'm absolutely blown away by um, but it just shows that, you know, hard work has paid off. And, and that's probably the biggest thing of my career that I've achieved so far. I mean, I've got, I've had three England bests for my age group. I'm, I'm running for England in September uh, in the Bristol 10K for my age group. Um, I've got all my PBs in running. It's interesting you say that it's got, age has got a finite level with regards to what you can achieve. But actually over the last few years, as I've been getting older, I've been getting faster. There's actually a, a, um, a hashtag that people use called um, faster as a master. And it's like, as you're getting through your PVs and you're getting older. And uh, yeah, I'm running 18.36 from a 5K now. I'm running 38.40 from a 10K. Um, I'm hoping to smash my one mile, my 1500 meter, my 3000 meter PBs this year. Um, and at the moment, to be honest, I'm just, I'm training smart. I'm not going out there and killing myself every day. I'm training very smart with the help of my coaches. Um, and all I'm focused on each year, to be honest, is, is continuing to smash my PBs. You are right. There will, there will come a time when, um, when that changes. But that's the beauty about age group racing. You're always in a good field of people that are going through the same thing at the same time so I'm not naive to think I can get on the start line of a 1500 meters with a 16 year old and think hey I'm going to win this when I'm 41 um, but if I'm on the start line with people of a similar ilk and similar age group then I know that I will be coming up there um, certainly in the top field so um, and people have asked me a number of times how much longer are you going to do this for pounding the pavements and getting on the bike and lifting the weights but to me, it is the healthiest distraction in my life. It's a great stress relief. It makes me feel great. And I do well in the sport. So I'm going to be keeping it in my life for as long as I possibly can. 
Sounds wonderful. I can't wait for you to be taking gold medals in the 80 to 90 category. <laughs> Although I probably won't be around to see that, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> being a bit older than you. Um, I, I just I want to go back to Rome. So congratulations on the bronze. That is an incredible achievement. Well done, especially when you set your sights on top 10. Uh, you know, and, I don't know, maybe that was just a, a, a maybe you always thought you, you could get bronze but you know that's that's an incredible achievement so well done but you said you were in Romania and that's an interesting point um, about you know e eating vegan and, and traveling now I when I go on holiday I think about where I'm going will I be able to eat vegan food you know because I want to stuff my face with food and drink and lie on a beach or whatever but as you guys don't drink and you know and you will have to be eating a good diet when you're away so how hard is that when you go somewhere like Romania you know, you're you're there for an athletics championship. You know, you're there. You know, it's really important how you fuel yourself. Do you take stuff with you? Do you, you know, do research ahead? What do you do? Well, fortunately for me, I've competed in Romania in 2018. Um, so I knew that the area was, let's say, not that vegan friendly. Um, I mean, being honest, it's, it's a very big meat eating country. But saying that, there had been a change in between 2018 and this year. Um, I definitely see more on menus. But what I do and what I do no matter where I'm going is that I take a mixture of pre-prepared stuff. So it might just be grains in bags and things like that that you can eat hot or cold. And I will take things like nuts and seeds and protein bars, protein shakes and things that I can fall back on if I'm not necessarily getting the right things while I'm away. Um, I mean, we actually were quite good. We even take tofu away with us. We take it away in cooler bags and make sure that we've got that with us. But it, to be honest, when I was away in Romania, there was a couple of restaurants that were doing things like, you know, um, falafel wraps. They were doing things like um, homemade beans on toast. There was various things that you could get away with and eat in. Um, and I think by mixing that up with some of the things that I brought, it was it was ideal. But I always say to people, try and research ahead of going on your trip. Try and research whether there is any uh, restaurants in the area, and you can use the Happy Cow app to do that. And if it's looking pretty sparse, then just be prepared and take some things away with you so that you don't end up living on crisps. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, when we were kids, we used to go on holiday to Menorca and my mum used to take a round of Edam with her and it wasn't even like cheese wasn't available, a whole round of Edam in the case uh, flying to Menorca. I don't know how she, we did, not even in a cool bag. I don't know how that, that was like bonkers. So yeah, it can't be that hard, can it, to take a bit of tofu? It's a good point. Yeah. And, and Jamal, regarding your boxing, where, where are you at now? Uh, are you still, you know, are you still chasing those titles? Where are you at? Okay, so I won, as you said earlier, the Midlands title. I'd say that's my biggest achievement. And then my goal was to win the English title. So my last fight was in October. I had the English title uh, final eliminated. And unfortunately, I, I lost that. Uh, and then I haven't fought since. And I have had the opportunity to fight, but I have decided to hang up the gloves. And I've changed my um, plan of what, what I want to do. So uh, instead now I've decided to, to coach the youth. So uh, I get like over a hundred kids every week in schools, leisure centers, in uh, boxing gyms, also football as well and multi-sports. So mainly I'm working with the youth and then I'm making music as a hobby alongside that. Well, that's great. And it sounds like you're already making really big inroads into to influencing, influencing a young a young, a new young breed of vegans. Well done. Yeah. Still fending off those uh, those questions from parents and everything. It's uh, it's wonderful. Well, listen. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's been it's been a real pleasure. It's been a real insight. Um, 
I have to say you both make uh, being vegan and at the top of your athletic game sound really easy. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a good thing. Uh, and as I say, again, congratulations, Lisa, and, uh, and good luck um, yeah. in the future. And Jamal, good luck coaching all those kids. I can't wait to see. So, so you're Staffordshire based, aren't you? Are you you're still based in Staffordshire? So, so we, you know, yeah. maybe stats in 10 years time, there'll be like a spike in vegans in Staffordshire it'll, it'll need to be explained away and it'll be like that's the Jamal effect yeah. <laughs> thank you so much so just let's recap as well as being a successful vegan athlete and sprinting world champion Elisa Gawthorne is the co-owner and joint managing director of Bravura Foods and the author of the vegan health and fitness book Gone in 60 Minutes you can find her on Instagram at Lisa underscore Gawthorne Jamal Ledoux is a former Midlands boxing champion and musician you can follow him on Instagram at Ledu or subscribe to his YouTube channel under the same name. Thank you so much. It's been really insightful discussion on veganism and fitness uh, and athletes. If you're listening to this and you'd like to let us know your thoughts on today's episode, please share your own fitness journey with us. You can email us at podcast at vegansociety.com or follow us on Twitter at Vegan Society, on Instagram at the Original Vegan Society or on Facebook. And we'll be back with another episode of the Vegan Pod soon. So if you enjoyed the discussion today, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you, Jamal. Thank you.